0: That's not a house. That's a whole freaking warehouse. Plus, TJ's playing awfully friendly. We meet nearly all of our brand new cast. Big Brother players try to heal old Alliance wounds. Love Island players try to rekindle old relationships. Survivor players are not used to being at clubs during the filming of a show. Tyson takes control. I found a fellow cat guy. And the first elimination of the season is a challenge classic. It's the Challenge USA premiere episode recap coming at you right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the challenge historian, where we dive deep into all things, the challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibal. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today. The second part of our single-day challenge extravaganza, we had an All-Stars finale that aired, you know, whenever you wanted to watch it today, but essentially this morning, for most of us who couldn't wait to find out who won, and now we have watched the premiere episode of the Challenge USA. We are in a new part of the Challenge universe. We are over on CBS. We are airing live on cable television once again and on that streaming on Paramount Plus after the fact, so double-dipping the best of both worlds here, but that means we've got to sit through commercials, we've got to learn about new people, we're on a brand new network, it's a brand new show with most of all of the things that we love from all of the versions of the show that we've had before. TJ's here, Classic Challenge games are here, Classic Challenge format for the most part is here, Lots and lots and lots to get to, to talk about, to love. Quick programming notes before we begin. This episode, because of the abundance of challenge content coming this week, is coming to you more midday Thursday release in the future. These episodes of all the Challenge USA recaps will be recapping it every single week. They will be out early Thursday morning, likely hopefully recorded late Wednesday night, immediately after watching the episode itself. But with the All-Stars finale yesterday, wanted to give that podcast some breathing room, which reminds me, if you haven't watched the Challenge, All-Stars finale. I don't know what you're doing. It was a wonderful season, came to an amazing conclusion. We recapped that. You can listen to that on this very same podcast feed. And the Challenge Rewatch series has continued this week. We dropped the Gauntlet 2 podcast, TJ's first ever season and next week we will be doing fresh meat one at the end of the week. So, you know what to be binging over this weekend and beginning of next week if you want to follow right along with that rewatch series. Otherwise, that's all for now. Next week as well, that is not all for now. I misspoke. Next week we will do our All-Stars 3 full season recap. That'll be coming at you Monday evening, so three pods next week again. Just the same as we did this week. To all of those traveling to Kansas City for the big Challenge Mania event this weekend, super envious. Hope you have the greatest time ever. looks like one of the biggest challenge events in the history of challenge events, not just Challenge Mania, but any challenge-related event outside of the shows themselves. I wish I could be there with you. Uh, It looks like it's going to be one for the books. So to all of you who may be attending that, have the time of your lives Otherwise, let's dive in. Let's talk about the Challenge USA, a brand new show, but... Not a brand new podcast. We're going to cover this pretty much the same way that we cover most seasons on this podcast, at least for now. Maybe we will tweak it as we go along. We will see. But we're going to recap the whole thing with our Cliff Notes recap as we like to do. We're going to talk about some storylines from the episodes. We're going to hand out a few awards. We're going to make some predictions. All the standard stuff just with a brand new show. So with that, let's dive on in to the Challenge USA. The challenge pushes players to compete in extreme competitions in order to avoid elimination, all in hopes of winning the grand prize of $500,000. Now, for the first time ever, players from Big Brother, Survivor, The Amazing Race and Love Island battle it out to become the first Challenge USA champion. I don't think the Love Island guys have any idea what they're getting themselves into. If you want to play dirty, we can play dirty. Big Brother, they're all snakes, each and every one of them. People just can't help but scheme and lie. You know what would make this game better? Me. Before we get into any reactions to this initial episode, our opinions, awards, storylines, anything like that, we of course have to recap every single thing that happened as quickly as we can. Our Cliff Notes recap, the entire plot line, a premiere episode has a lot of plot to it. I mean, every challenge episode has a lot of plot, but certainly a premiere episode, we're meeting so many people, we're learning the game, lots of stuff's happening, lots to cover. So here we go, as quickly as we can, full Cliff Notes recap, the entire plot of episode one, the challenge. Challenge USA. Here we go. Three, two, one, and we are off. We're off to Buenos Aires, Argentina to meet 28 CBS reality stars as they enter a massive warehouse-turned-challenge house and are greeted by the legend himself, TJ Lavin. TJ explains that they will start with $1,000 and can earn more by winning daily challenges or eliminations, and that they will need at least $5,000 to their name to qualify for his final at the end of the season. TJ exits and the cast enters the house portion of the warehouse, checking out the new digs, getting their first chance to meet everyone new and reconvene with allies and enemies of old. Everyone plays nice for the most part, but it is clear from the start that the easy path of cast members grouping up based on former show is the way things are going to go at least early on in this game. Then comes the first daily challenge of the season. It's called Down to Do the Math. In pairs of two that the players get to pick, they will rappel down a 22-story building looking at pieces of a math equation as they go down. That answer will need to be put in on the ground once they get there to stop their time. Three chi- tries at getting the answer correct. If you are wrong three in times in a row, you've got to run back up the 22 flights of stairs and do the whole thing again. The pair with the fastest time will win $10,000 to be split among them. The slowest time of the day is going straight to elimination. Everyone learns quickly that going first is not a place you want to be in the challenge world as Kyland and Azza lose concentration, get their numbers wrong, and have to do the 22-floor climb back up to try a second time. Afterwards, Azah nearly passes out on the sidewalk, affirming to the rest of the cast that they really need to take their time and get it right the first time and not face those steps or that elimination. Everyone else does manage to do it in one go, with Survivors Tyson and Big Brother's Angela taking home the win in 5000 apiece. Back at the house, Tyson and Angela meet with Kylan and Azad to feel out who they would want to go against in elimination, with both acknowledging that as Survivor and Big Brother people, they would most want a team made up of Amazing Race and Love Island people to be entering the elimination arena. Everyone heads to the club for a night out—a very new setting for Tasha and the other Survivor players who are used to an abandoned island. Some dance, some drink, some scheme. Mainly James, who is trying everything he can to keep he and that day, that day's partner, Shannon, out of elimination. James's politicking and possible deal making with Tyson works as we get to the arena and find out Tyson and Angela have picked Giovanni and Seeley, both from Love Island, to go into elimination with Kylan and Azza. They are playing a challenge classic. Not so fast. You get 20 minutes to tie a 250. 50 foot rope up around a metal pyramid as much as possible as many knots as possible then after 20 minutes switch places with your opponents see who can unravel the rope first in an intense battle Kylan really shines and his never stops moving those two pull out the victory stealing the bank accounts of the eliminated Giovanni and Sealy. before they leave the arena though TJ has one more twist for them he reveals the algorithm which will be a randomly selecting their partners for every single daily challenge during the season and therefore every single eliminate nation partner as well, and that is where the episode ends. Woo, first episodes, premiere episodes packed so much into them. That was a lot to review there, but that is everything that happened. Let's now dive in and let's talk storylines, and the main portion of these storylines is we're just going to talk first impressions. Obviously, as you know, if you listen to the preview of this season with my lovely friend Paige from Most Likely 2.0. We had her on because I, as a challenge-only fan, had no idea who any of these people are. So with the first episode, first impressions of who these people are, at least in the world of the challenge, is the biggest thing to talk about. But before we do, one other storyline that I've got to start with, and that is simply just looking at this premiere as a whole and who it was catered to. Was this catered to challenge fans who they're trying to bring over from, you know, watched previously on MTV, who have gotten used to watching on Paramount+, Plus? but, you know, maybe the challenge-only fans like myself and many of you listening, was it catered to us or was it catered to the people who knew all these people, these Survivor fans, the Big Brother fans, the Amazing Race fans, the Love Island fans, who maybe hadn't been ever watching The Challenge before because it was the one show that wasn't on the same network as all of these? Well, it turns out, feels like after watching the first one, it was certainly catered towards the fans of the shows, these people all come from, the CBS reality fans, if you will. If we're talking challenge fans versus CBS reality fans, I know plenty of people out there, plenty of you probably listening right now, are both plenty, you know, a majority of the reality competition fandom world loves all of these shows, or, you know, loves two or three of them, has their personal faves, some they get in and out of, whatnot. But there is a lot of people that just watch The Challenge, like myself. There is a lot of people that just watch of two to three or four of the CBS shows and kind of ignore The Challenge, or, you know, maybe even the, you know, the silly ones among them even make fun of The Challenge over there on MTV. Well, now the worlds are colliding, and it seems like they made a concerted effort to make this first episode cater as much to both, they did do things to both, we'll touch on them, but much more cater towards the fans of The Big Brother, Survivor, Amazing Race, Love Island, and acclimating them to the world of the challenge versus taking challenge fans and acclimating them To These people and that's mainly shown through the fact we do get a good amount of background info on them as they go through the first portion of this. You know, we're meeting a bunch of different people. They they balance out the confessionals kind of across the board. We get little backgrounds. We learn immediately. You know, we get lots of references to the cookout and everything that happened on Big Brother 23, which was expected given how many cast members were coming from that show and how big and dominant of an alliance they had on that show. But It wasn't the the over-the-top, it wasn't what I, if I was just choosing as a challenge fan only who doesn't know these people, I would have loved more than anything else an entire episode the way we talked about on Spies, Lies, and Allies when they did the episode zero and it was just everyone coming to the house and it was a full episode of just here's all these new people you've never met, let's get to know them slowly but surely and it all led up to the first daily challenge and that was where it cut off and where the premiere, technically, premiere episode of Spies, Lies, and Allies took off. I said then, what I will say again now, I think that should be every season, even if it's all people who are returning and everyone's done 10 seasons of The Challenge and we know them all through and through. I'd still love it, one full episode of just, here's what these people are up to today, here's where their relationships with each other stand, here's all the background info you need to know, all of that. We didn't get that, we got the very truncated version of catching up, the version you would expect that felt very much like a regular season of the challenge where it's like you know these people of course you do so we'll give you a quick catch up we'll reference the fact that you know they're coming from the latest season of this and there was an alliance here these people were dating now they're not we give you those quick little bits but you we expected to know who these people are which leads me to think they're much more making this for those fans of these other shows that they're trying to bring over into the challenge show and launch this new show versus trying to bring challenge fans over onto a CBS platform. I think, you know, um, we, the challenge-only fans like myself, were assumed we were gonna come watch. It is smart business. If I was, you know, as a fan, I wish it was the way that obviously selfishly would you know make me know the most about these people and would cater to me and what I've previously watched. But I totally understand from a business perspective on their part, I would actually agree with the way they went about it of saying that we are going to cater to the fans of these other shows that might not have ever watched or might not like the challenge or care about the challenge at all. But we know they watch these shows and they therefore like these people, the stars of these shows recently recently. So we're going to cater to them and introduce them to the world of the challenge versus we think we assume anyone who watches the challenge is going to watch a new version of the challenge, regardless of who's on it. And that we can, you know, spread out a little more the background info. They'll slowly but surely learn who these people are just over the course of the season. So I think that's the route they went. I agree with it from a business standpoint, from a show standpoint of which audience they feel like they have to do more work to bring in or who they should cater to a little bit more. Selfishly, as a fan, on the other side of that, I do wish we would have gotten you know, a big long episode of just who all these people were, total backgrounds. I know they do put out all the clips on Instagram and everything, but while I've watched some of those, I didn't watch all of those. It's hard to keep up there. It's a lot to ask of, you know, a show that you're wanting people to tune in every week on CBS and watch with commercials on actual still cable television to then be like, but a lot of the content is over here in little clips that occasionally come out on Instagram or YouTube or wherever. That's kind of too much of a mismatch. So, I don't think they should be expecting that, you know, that shouldn't count as here's all the background you need. It's great that that's available. If anything, put that all together as one long episode. And at the end of every one of those clips on Instagram, say you can watch the full, like meet the cast episode on Paramount plus for the full week ahead. Basically episode zero again, just like they did on spies, lies and allies, just market it better. Make sure we know it's there. We didn't really know it was there. Then of course though, for us challenge fans, TJ is here. We get a you know tallest building in the town daily challenge to start, which is a challenge staple to go to the, one of the biggest buildings in town, get them up high. We get not so fast as the first elimination. So they made it comfortable for the challenge fans. And they made it very much feel like this is a classic season of the challenge to introduce these people to the world. So all in all, very good from that standpoint. I'm just a selfish guy, so I'm always wanting more. Moving on. To the first impressions, let's talk first impressions and how we're going to do this. We're not going through the entire cast list. That would take forever. Instead, I'm going to give you five people I love, five people maybe I don't love so much. My biggest initial impressions, the ones who popped off the screen, who made me fall in love with them right away, and the ones who did the exact opposite. Anyone else fell somewhere in the middle of that and didn't do enough to deserve my commentary today also? these podcasts are already plenty long enough. You know that well. So let's talk positive first before we go on the negative side. First impressions, five people that I love. First up, Gonna cheat a little bit, but Danny and Shan, as a combo, we're lumping them as a combo because they competed on this episode together and because they are the two people that coming in who I actually had watched their previous season. I said in the preview I was rooting for them both because I think they're awesome people, awesome competitors, going to be great in the challenge house, and also because I wanted to root for the two people who I actually knew I liked and had watched previously. So they're going to make this list no matter what but also they did have great first episodes i loved the attention they were getting from an editing standpoint they were definitely both you know very prevalent danny had eight confessionals which was tied for the most in the episode with you know kylan who ends up in the elimination james who almost ends up in the elimination seely who is and goes home so pretty impressive for him to get that kind of love episode 1 loved about Danny and those confessionals. Two of the first three confessionals, Danny references his wife and things his wife told him to do. His wife, Kiki, I believe he said her name was. So that was really funny. I remember him doing that on Survivor a decent amount of time. And it was always funny how much, you know, he's like, you know, my wife said this, my wife wanted me to do that. I don't want to go home and have her disappointed. I don't want her to go home. And I think he says in this one, one time, you know, if I die out here, she's going to come kill, find a way to kill me a second time. So loved those references from him. They both do great at the daily challenge as expected. They come in hot. They're one of the three teams who, you know, has the three best times, which in actuality aren't technically the three best times. We'll talk about that uh, in a minute. But they do really, really well in the daily challenge. And I also love, from Shan's standpoint, I love seeing Shan and Desi chatting it up. I think that could be a powerful duo alliance in the background and that brings me to the second person who I loved. I say I loved Shannon Desi chatting it up. Could be a powerful duo because the second person that I loved from this first impressions episode was Desi. My initial reaction to her photo was correct. I love this woman. I am rooting for this woman. I think she has a lot to offer the challenge. I think she is one of the biggest threats in the game. I got a lot of my initial very unfair opinions based off a of single cast photos. Wrong, but I think I got this one right. Um, and you know, I loved seeing her go immediately when they get to pick partners. That's a big moment. No, no, a lot of these people don't know each other. It's the first day, you still don't know what this is. You've never played this game before. And suddenly TJ says, pick a partner. You don't know, is it for today? Is it for forever? What are we gonna do? Should I pick someone from my show that I already know and I'm lined with? Someone totally different, what? It's a huge mess, so seeing someone confidently handle it and do make the right choice, as Desi does, she goes immediately for Cinco, that's very smart, because one, he's clearly a good athlete. Whether, you know, that we overrate people with huge muscles in the world of the challenge, we do, but it doesn't mean that they're not, you know, we might overrate them that they're, you know, gonna dominate when, in fact, they're just very good. They have a one skill set that is very necessary for this game, so a clear athlete and from another show that also very important when picking your partner here go for someone from another show it worked out for you know the likes of a Danny and Shan who immediately went to the people they knew but good to get a mixture of shows in that partnership and just overall Desi she knows how to own a room she knows how to rock the suit she just has confidence and control about her, and every and she's got some muscle going there too. We see those biceps flexing a little, so she seems like a really, really well rounded player. We see her with Shan as well as a couple other times getting in the mix in conversations, keeping her eyes open. I just liked everything we saw from Desi this episode. Third person, then, on the five people I loved first impressions would be James. James was easily one of the stars of this premiere episode. His entertainment levels are super duper high. I'm so happy James is here. He is clearly one of those people who you know immediately from the first confessional. Even if the first confessional like it was here is just, you know, "Hi, I'm James. I played Amazing Race. I won." Very basic just like, "Here's my here's my like the top line of my resume type stuff." You could tell he knows how to entertain. He knows how to be witty, how to be funny, how to be interesting. And we learn in this episode, he knows how to politic quite well. As someone who doesn't watch The Amazing Race, hasn't for a very long time, I don't know that there's, I don't think there's any politicking in any way on that show. I think it's just whoever's in last, you know, whatever, at least back way long ago when I watched it, it was whoever's in last place at any certain point is the one eliminated. But James, you know, not only super entertaining throughout the episode, but his ability to read the room and immediately recognize the danger of he and Shannon going in to be able to have enough conversations with everyone to get the entire gossip of the whole house and decipher that, hey, the whole house has kind of picked up this narrative that Shannon doesn't want to be here, which makes her and I an easy target. Plus, neither of us is from Survivor or Big Brother, which the winners are. He puts it all together and not only does he recognize the danger, put that danger together, but then he goes and does something about it and he does so effectively. He gets himself out of elimination now could this just be great editing the fact that maybe they were one of many names thrown out and whatnot and the the edit makes it seem like they're the pick they're the pick they're the pick oh wait actually james did some amazing politicking now they're not the pick yeah they might be able to exaggerate a little bit but that doesn't mean that it didn't happen to some degree maybe even the full degree that they lead it to be which is incredibly impressive great political acumen from him great entertainment levels from him loved everything we got from james Then next up on my five people I loved list, which is actually technically seven people when we get done. But anyways, the fourth person is Leo. Leo, simply because of this. Leo is a cat guy. Everything we learned about Leo in this episode came just around to one thing, that Leo has two cats, one of which is named after himself. I believe he said his cat's names are Leo and Leia. So you know, naming your cat after yourself is a is a whole different level of cat guy. Uh, uh, that level, I myself have not and will hopefully never reach. But as a fellow cat guy who loves my cat Jim, I've got to say that I loved everything from Leo this episode. I loved him telling his uh, partner Tiffany, I believe it was Leo. Let me double check. The notes here, but I believe it was Leo who, yes, with Tiffany at the top of the building, Tiffany's terrified of heights, and Leo's like, oh, but you gotta look, you gotta look, look how beautiful it is, look at the skyline, come on, look, 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 and she's just like, no, thank you, Uh, I'm your partner, you should be trying to help me overcome this fear, not make it worse, so loved that from him, but mostly just as a fellow cat guy, again, not quite to the level he is, but liked everything we saw from him, and feel like he's gonna be very entertaining I may have I may have discounted the amazing race folks I gotta I gotta admit coming in may have discounted them I really in the pre preview episode even though I had no idea who these people were I really focused in on James could be a star and Kayla and Leo really weren't much on my radar but certainly Leo is now Kayla got a lot of screen time too so I think we're gonna have to take the amazing racers as they call themselves a little bit more seriously and then the final person actually people that made the five people I love first impressions list was another tandem and that is Angela and Tyson uh they were paired up this episode so I'm cheating again to put them both in here because as individuals they both would have deserved to make this list now obviously they get a lot of screen time because they win the first daily they're the ones that have to have the first amount of power and get to make the first big decision so of course when you get that type of attention you're gonna pop off the screen, you're gonna end up on a first impressions list, yes. But it was more than just winning the first daily. I think it was a sign of things to come for both of them while they won't be partnered together again for a long time, if ever. I think both of these two are going to perform incredibly well regardless of who they are partnered up with. I think they're both big, big threats on both sides, the male and the female side of the game. And I loved how they handled the uh first I loved how they handled the picking of each other, the picking of teammates. Same thing as I had said for Desi goes for Angela and Tyson, who knew immediately they are thinking ahead of time. They they didn't know they were gonna get this chance, but they have to they assumed seemingly coming into this that of course it's not always gonna be by ourselves. You know, we've done a little research, we know a little about the show, and so they were ready to immediately pick each other when it came time to find a partner in knowing to go survivor player wanting to pick a big brother player, big brother wanting to pick a survivor player and wanting to pick the strongest possible on the other side. They both went straight for each other. They're both good at this stuff. The other show of uh, that they're picking shows the importance of those two shows. They both Just nailed that and was clear that they're playing on, you know, the highest level of thinking this game through strategically. And then how they handled the power, not only do they win the daily, but how they handled the power was exactly right. They seemed like seasoned veterans in this game, not just in the reality competition space, but in this particular game, exactly how they went through being the first ones to win, how they went through, like, let's just try to not ruffle any feathers, try to make the easiest. Calmest pick we can. Let's take the opinions of the people going into elimination. Not guarantee anything, but try to act friendly towards them. Let's feel around. If anyone comes to us with any sort of, we'll offer you any sort of deal that is basically just we're giving you something to save us right now, we'll pick it up and take it. Thank you, James, because... We don't, you know, it's a little, it's power, but it's only a power for this moment. We don't want to do anything crazy. It's the first day, the first night of this brand new game. They handle it like absolute vets. And I think they are, they cemented themselves quickly again, not just because they won the first daily, but how they won, how they handled it, how they appeared to interact with everyone around them before the daily and after These two are, you know, right at the top of the power rankings on the female side with Angela, the Tyson on the male side, and absolutely I'm looking at as strong contenders to get to that final to win this whole thing. That is the five people I love. Danny and Shan, Desi, James, Leo, Angela, Tyson. Seven people, five people, however you want to count. Clearly not everyone was as good as math as others during this mission, this daily challenge. Neither am I. Now moving on to the five people I didn't totally care for or love. We'll be a little quicker here. We're not, you know, you know how we do it here at The Challenge Story, and we keep it mostly positive, but, you know, we're meeting all these people for the first time. We're not going to love everyone. We're not going to like everyone. We're not supposed to like everyone. There's a variety of characters here, a variety of people of all different Kinds and uh, you know, we're not gonna, we're not supposed to like all of them. That's the whole point. They want a variety of people, a variety of character, a variety of culture, a variety of everything coming into the show so that we or you or me or anyone watching can say, ooh, I connect with that person, that person resonates with me, that person's jokes are funny, that person's jokes are not. And for everyone, that's going to be different. For me, these were the people who either just stood out in the worst possible way or you know, I just wasn't vibing with. Or you just the connection, the connection wasn't there enough to make the list. So it starts with Justine and Seeley, our one dual nominee for this list. They seem like great people. They clearly came into this as a package. They're best friends. We learned that. Seeley does eventually go home. They're just not totally my style. I definitely come into this without watching, you know, with Survivor being the only of these shows I watch. Had a slight bias towards Love Island the same way. That may be just some residual old school early. Uh, you know, uh, angst in the MTV world of being against Are You The One coming into MTV, except then that ended up turning out amazing because of all the wonderful people we got from Are You The One. So maybe it's just some residual that popping back up of like, oh, dating show, no, no, no. Love Island, no, no, no. But regardless, Justine and Seeley, just not my vibe seem like wonderful people, but they make the list. Alyssa is the second person of the five people didn't totally love I had to go with, I kind of looked at the list of Big Brother players and who, at the end of this episode, I was either you know the least interested in, the least impressed with, and out of all the Big Brother players, I got a lot of good first impressions from almost all of them. Alyssa was the single one that I was like, eh, I'm the least interested in here. She makes the list, although I did think, I think I saw this correctly. I may be getting her mistaken with someone else. I was, I was very active, not in tweeting myself, but in reading Twitter, during this episode, after this episode, from all of the experts out there who do know who all these people are, who know all their backstories, trying to you know fill in some of the auxiliary details. And I believe I saw somewhere that Alyssa part of the cookout uh, that her and Xavier in this episode, it was shown that that you know he thought he regarded her as like a ride or die, where you know she's going to protect me, I'm going to protect her. She, on the other hand, was like he fucked me over last uh, last season, and so I'm going to try to get my revenge. I believe I saw somewhere out there that the edit of that on Big Brother wasn't great and that the live feeds of Big Brother showed a totally different story of their relationship. So I wonder if we'll get anything about that. Maybe that'll change my opinions of her or other Big Brother members. I don't know, but Alyssa makes the list. Then we got Cashel. Uh, mainly Cashel makes the five people I don't love list uh, or singularly, singularly because Kyra who I loved this episode. She was my first alternate on the people I loved list that if I would have went, my list of five went beyond seven people. She was up next, so her ex automatically just gets a spot on the people I didn't love list just based on principle. Then we've got the risky one, the one I am I'm, uh, I probably shouldn't put here, just at risk of uh, any possible backlash out there. Seems like she's got a big fandom. Seems like she made a great impression to a lot of people based on the social media reaction, but I've got to say, I'm going to risk it. Shannon makes my list of people I didn't love this episode, but this is very specifically this episode because I do see the potential in Shannon. Um, I just didn't totally love her this first episode for her it might have been an unfair storyline of you know the one that doesn't want to be here but then now she wants to be here very much could be I believe I also saw out in the social media space that uh her boyfriend or possible boyfriend at the time significant other um was an alternate for this season and that maybe she expected they were going to be on the season together and that maybe that's why initially first day she's a little bummed out because suddenly he's not there and she thought they were going to get to do it together if that's true, that would make total sense. I would, I would feel the same exact way. But regardless, uh, just, you know, I'm totally open to flipping totally the other way and being like, actually, you know, two episodes from now being like, I love Shannon. She's one of my favorites on this season. Um, I know that on our preview podcast, you know, Paige was a big, big Shannon fan. Uh, had to turn me on to the cast photo. She maybe got the worst end of the cast photo, the annual award for worst cast photo every season of many usually bad ones that the production team seems to pick. She had maybe got the worst end of that. My opinions based solely off that photo were maybe unfair. Um, And so she's got a lot of energy. She's got a lot of spunk. She was definitely willing to politic in her own way via more social Um, and more just I'm going to make friends with everyone. I'm going to have a lot of fun. Everyone's going to love me. They're not going to want to get rid of me. I I like that, I just uh, didn't all totally work for me. Her storyline this episode didn't work for me. So at risk of turning a lot of people who are big, big Shannon fans away, I am gonna put her on my list of five people I didn't love this episode, but admit I am open to flipping that opinion 180 degrees around. And I will also say, saw a few people comment, she seems very tailor-made for the MTV version of this show versus possibly the CBS, slightly more family-friendly, wholesome, if you will, version of the show. So I couldn't agree with that more. That that really, I saw that and was like spot on. I think that's exactly what I'm getting here is she seems like the only person who is a little bit more from a social perspective playing in more of an MTV style way or on a more MTV style show. And it isn't fitting quite as well into what they're trying to go for over here on the CBS version. So maybe send her, you know, Challenge 39. Send her and a couple others over onto there, maybe that'll work really well. We'll see how it goes the next few episodes. The final person of the five people I don't love is the one person that we did not meet. And I've got to ask the question, did I miss something or is David, did he get canceled? Is this uh, Is this another, you know, whatever that woman's name on Spies, Lies, and Allies was that we never actually saw, never actually met, but she was, you know, technically there for a few episodes before being eliminated or removed for something, um, because David Alexander from Big Brother, I may I may be wrong. I may have missed it. I'm not I'm not exact on keeping confessional counts uh, on note taking, but I'm pretty pretty thorough. And I don't believe we saw him a single time. I don't believe he he was the only one. I had zero confessionals down for. As always, I will have to maybe go check in with the challenge stats. Uh, on uh, on Instagram, Reddit, the great challenge stats account. See if, if maybe I missed one. They had some, one down that I didn't. But he had zero confessionals, uh, zero screen time aside from we see him, kind of his back a couple times more or less, doing the daily challenge partnered with Kayla. But even in there, they had the big, you know, suspenseful, they get it wrong twice and then somehow figure it out and get it right at the very end. But even through all that, we were kind of seeing it through Kayla's eyes, Kayla's confessionals and not any of his. So I don't know what's going on there. Uh, I don't know if this was just simply, hey, 28 cast members, you know, it was hard to get everyone uh, an introduction, everyone a confessional. There was certainly, you know, Sarah only got the one really quick, Cinco one really quick, Enzo two, Ben two, Dominic two. There's lots of people that weren't really a part of the episode because that's just the nature of first episodes with 28 people. But, it uh, feels like we might be in for another situation where at some point we see an elimination with someone. We're like, wait, who's that? Who, who's David? We David. David's here. Now David's going home. Okay, uh, whatever. And maybe something happened off screen. I don't know. I'll do some digging. I'll find out. I'll fill you back in next week uh, if it if it stays the same and we continue to not see him. So those are the people I love. Those are the people I didn't love. Those are the first impressions. Let's do one more storyline here just uh, to round this out. Let's talk about the actual the game itself, TJ, the format, the daily challenge, the elimination, just some quick, quick hitters on all of the above. TJ is here, thank the Lord. We obviously knew he was here. Uh, he was the biggest part of the promo. He's the face of all the promotional materials, as he should be now as the host. He moves over into the CBS world where the host is, for better or for worse, for better Survivor side, Jeff Probst, or worse, seems like everyone hates Julie Chen, I guess, from the little bit of Big Brother uh, social media I was seeing, you know, with the Big Brother premiere immediately before this challenge premiere. I watched the last 15, 20 minutes of the Big Brother, confirmed everything I needed to know of why I never want to watch that show. <laughs> But luckily, they bring some interesting cast members now over into the challenge world. So all good there. But TJ becomes, you know, the face of the franchise more so than he ever has been before. He looks great, as always, is doing so. They got the incredible wardrobe for him, as always. Love seeing that. And he seems to be liking the new people. It was a little worried. Obviously, TJ's a professional at this. He wasn't going to sign up and then be there and clearly, like, not enjoying it, not caring. But from what we've seen, you know, having him do the All-Stars and the flagship and seeing, you know, an All-Star, it's not a comfort thing it's just a like he has more of a camaraderie with these people he gives a little more, he you know offers a little more off the cuff his own commentary. Uh, I guess in a way, it is kind of a comfort thing, although it's not that he's uncomfortable in any way on the flagship one. You know what I'm trying to say. but with this one, it, you know, it was like, is he gonna kind of is he gonna be you know hard to win over to these new people? Is he gonna maybe throw in some jabs of, you know, you really gotta prove yourself? He did give the one single one. He gave, you know, my expectations were here and you really, really exceeded them. So it was really a compliment, but with that little little dig mixed in. But he's pretty overly kind, overly friendly the entire time, and he goes so far as the one moment, if I if I were critiquing TJ at all in this, I gotta say, I get you wanna be nice to the new kids, you wanna put forward the best possible face for this new version of the show. But telling Kyland and Azza that they killed it too after the first Daily Challenge, I mean, people... People, you know, every, so many challenge fans dream of getting on this show, not just of getting on the show, but truly dream of hearing TJ say you killed it. I mean, I I haven't done it yet myself. I will at some point, but I know on Cameo, I can only imagine most of the Cameo requests that TJ or people at saying like, also at the end, can you say that I killed it at something, at this, that, the other job interview, whatever it is. And so that's a big, big deal. The TJ saying you killed it matters. And telling the people that got last place that almost passed out from, you know, 22 flights of stairs, which is, a, which is a freaking workout. It's not easy to run up 22 flights of stairs, but they're probably gonna have to run up a mountain in your final, you know, and they're gonna have to do a lot more than run up to two flights of stairs. So to tell those two that they killed it then, like you could have saved it. They they do kill it later on in the elimination. They could have earned, they deserved a, you killed it there potentially. But that seemed like TJ being, you know, trying a little too hard to be nice and friendly to the new people, didn't love that from him, um, but we'll see, maybe it's just, you know, he knew going in, no matter what, I'm just gonna, you know, as long as they all do it, I'm gonna tell them they all killed it, I'm gonna tell them they're all doing good, We're gonna butter these people up so that I can tear them down later. So, TJ's here, that's good. The format of the show, no algorithm first episode, which is great. Uh, like that they waited till the end to introduce that, give us one episode without bringing in whatever this algorithm is, um, mostly because, It's not there, but also because I love picking your partner right now. Those moments are fantastic, and I hope that the format of the show that they've laid out here stays as straightforward as it is laid out. It feels very classic challenge with the minor, minor twist of the random algorithm picking the teams, but otherwise, you win a daily, you get some money, which I love, it always old school challenge, first 10, 15 seasons of the challenge. You win a daily challenge, your team or partners or whoever gets $10,000. Love that that is back in $10,000 to the winner and that the winners pick the second member of the elimination. The first member of the elimination goes to whoever gets last in the daily challenge. I love that basic, simple format. I hope they keep that the entire season long. And then you win an elimination you get to stay in the game, and you get the money from your opponent. That was always a good little twist to add into the strategy, into the you know just the the background of the game. It's worked in seasons past of that person's accumulating a lot of money. I don't I don't necessarily want to go against them in elimination, but also I'd love to steal all that money from them. That's a lot. So uh, loved that part of it. A very straightforward game. Keep it like this, please, please, please. Don't add twists. The algorithm is is fine enough. Let the algorithms random teammates each episode. Let that be the twist. I know in the pre the uh the trailer for the season it said a twist every single week. Let's let that twist every single week just be that they have new partners every single week and that it's randomly selected and that they're always with different people. I'm okay with that. I'm good with that, especially. This version of this seems already way better than the you know, the spies, lies, and allies double agents version of we have new teams every week because we constantly let you pick and switch in things versus just a guaranteed every single week you will have a different partner. This is a hundred percent individual game. Don't get used to this person, don't there's no way to hold on to this person, none of that. It takes some of the confusion out of it. It takes me trying to remember who's on what team every week out of it, because I know at the beginning of the week, it's someone with a new partner. So love, love, love all of it. Please just keep it the way it is. Please don't add all these kind of twists and everything like that. The only single one I will say, I don't believe I brought this up on the preview, the single twist I would love more than anything it would be pretty amazing if they brought in two OG like MTV Challenge people as a mercenary just one time, just to be like, you know, somewhere along the lines, CJ's like, hey, you know, you guys have been doing really well, uh, you know, you're really stepping up, you've learned my game, you're playing it really well, but you're still not on quite on the level. You got to get past some OG, some vets of you know, challenge legends, and maybe. In walks, you know, it's not gonna be Bananas and Kara because they seem to never wanna call Kara for anything again, which is absurd. But something like that, that would be incredible. That's the only twist I wanna see. On to the Daily and the Elimination. Quick touches on them. The Daily, great choice. Fear plus possible physical plus math. Love everything about it. The Tall Building Opening Daily Challenge, that is a challenge classic. Again, those little bones they were throwing both to the challenge only fans and to acclimate new fans into this is what the challenge is they keep things on a mostly a classic format which going to the one of the tallest if not the tallest building in town and doing something off the top of it is always you know kind of a staple of the first mission of the season um the only performance wise we've kind of touched on it before but Kylan and Azak going first, huge disadvantage, which is another thing that then, like, let's acclimate these people to the game of the challenge. Going first is not great. It's not a spot you want to be in. It is a disadvantage. It plays out very much here. You know, they try to go a little quick, they forget their numbers, they have to go back up. And then immediately every other team knows, hey, we can take our sweet time. We just can't mess that number up because us going down a little slow is nothing compared to the how much time they just spent having to run up the stairs and do the whole thing again. So puts them in a horrible spot um which but it also teaches everyone a lot about the game itself and then we said it before I'll say it again real quick though but the the Azat almost passing out um you know uh it is really hard to run up 22 flights of stairs especially the adrenaline rush and it's the first challenge um you know who knows what they if I don't it seemed like they were maybe doing this in the morning maybe the night before there was more of a party than we atmosphere than we got who knows but Nothing against her for being totally wiped out and drained after doing that, but the reaction to it and the way they try to edit it into, uh, I think they have someone in confessionals say, like, now we all realize how intense this game is and how hard this is. It's like, no, 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 no. Save that for the first time TJ's like, all right, there's a two-mile loop and you've got to do it four times and do a puzzle at the beginning of each one. This is a mini final daily challenge. Save it for then. Um, save it for when someone has to pull wrestle. Save it for when they have to, you know, wrestle for volleyballs in the mud as a daily challenge, whatever. Um, doesn't need to be here first, especially because she redeems herself in such a big way in the elimination. You could easily have, you know, gone the Latoya on free agents route, which would have, actually kind of matched up really really well now I just thought of that but uh where she you know first daily challenge on free agents she almost passes out maybe does pass out at the end of it she's real beaten up they actually take her to the hospital briefly just to check she's fine she ends up going to elimination and an all-time elimination her versus Jemian and Balls in just absolutely brutal physical redeems herself in a huge way and it's this great little arc throughout the episode of like oh, everyone thinks I'm the layup because this happened and then boom, kick someone's ass. Now what do you think about me? This was the same one. She is kicks ass in the elimination. They could have kind of went with that story arc versus the let's try to make it seem like this was the hardest thing in the world during the daily when it wasn't. As for the elimination, Not So Fast is my favorite game. Talked about it before. It's my favorite elimination game. I wish I could play this game in real life at the Challenge and or Survivor. Now, my theme park idea is even more realistic now that all these shows are together under one umbrella network of CBS. So please make it happen. Let me and my friends come play Not So Fast versus each other. It's a great game. As we said before, Challenge Classic eases us in, acclimates people to the game, Makes us challenge only fans feel warm and fuzzy inside to see it. And Kylan and Aza actually did kill it this time around. Deserved saying that they absolutely kill it during this one. At first, right when they're both teams are done, I thought Giovanni and Sealy, it was very hard to tell with theirs. Uh, when the 20 minutes are up, you're like, man, there is a massive bundle of craziness in <laughs> Giovanni and Sealy's pyramid. Is that just because all the rope is inside of there, or is it actually all tied up in in all kinds of crazy knots? And part of me was like, it might be an impossible knot that there's no way the other two are going to get through, or they might have just ended up with all their rope in the middle and it's like not even tied up much at all. Which it seemed to be kind of in between. It seemed like it was still difficult for Kylan and Izah to get to get it out, but uh, also may have been a lot of just like it's a lot of it just laying here. So. Those two killed it. Giovanni uh, does is one of the ones I got the most correct off of his photo um, in the preview of very Ace Amerson-like, just there to have a great time and immediately goes home in the first one and seemed to be totally okay with it. So that's the elimination, the daily, TJ, the format, all the storylines. Now let's hand out a couple awards for this opening episode. For this season of the Challenge USA, we will keep our typical standard three awards. We may eventually add some more in. We may add a strategy award back in as we get further into the game. Um, who knows? But we're going to do best quote. We're going to do best moment. We're going to do episode MVP for sure every episode if we add or subtract others along the way. So be it as for best quote, got to say, this was the only part of the episode I was let down by. I think at this point, uh, you know, while well, I started the storyline saying, you know, I it wasn't quite catered to challenge fans the way I selfishly would have liked. I still really liked this premiere episode. I totally understood all the direction they took it. I loved both the Daily, the limb. I got great first impression for a lot of people. I liked the opening episode a lot. Very, very, very good stuff. The only part that kind of let me down a tiny little bit is um, the confessionals. I get first episode. This is kind of first episode syndrome, uh, confessionals syndrome of, you know, we're meeting these people. We're getting the quick, you know, I'm um, so and so from so and so. I like so and so or whatever. Or I dated so and so. And we're getting less actual commentary on the game or each other um, and so the quotes aren't going to be as great but there was still two that made the list two nominees for the quote of the week the first one came the first opening confessional of the whole thing and that was Tyson who never felt closer to God than when this happened take it away Tyson it's an outdoor but indoor I'm Tyson you know me from Survivor never felt closer to God than getting handed a million dollar check from a large corporation for lying and cheating on national television. I've always been aware of the challenge. My dream here is to win every single challenge all the way to the end. Loved that from him. And uh, as someone who uh, has not watched Tyson on Survivor, but does listen to Tyson's Survivor podcast on the same Ringer Reality TV podcast feed that Johnny Bananas, Death Taxes Bananas is on. And as I believe, Tyson will now be on again covering this season of the Challenge USA. Um, I, I I was a fan of his coming in and definitely uh, coming out of this episode, it, you know, in, in love with the fact that Tyson's here in the world of the Challenge. The second nominee for the quote of the week goes to my guy, Leo. Again, you know, Leo's a big cat guy. Uh, I'm a cat guy, so I, I, you know, I love the quotes, the discussion about cats. Somehow, the fact that he's up on top of a building, rappelling down it, he somehow finds a way to make, to be able to mention his two cats in that, and for that, he gets nominated for the quote of the week. Take it away, Leo. 320, Hell yeah, you're killing it, boo. You know what? My cats, Leo and Leia, will be proud, because cats love heights. We don't love water, but we love heights. So my cats... Taught me well. I like Leo. I like Leo. I think he's a little weird because he brings up the cats a lot. We're on top of the world! Let's not make it weird, bro. I don't know if everything there uh, that he says is completely accurate, but uh yeah, uh love love him nonetheless and totally understand Enzo's side of things too. Of maybe Leo should tone down the cat talk just a little bit. But of those two, I'm gonna give it to Tyson. Uh, never felt closer to God than that corporation giving me a million dollars for lying and stealing on television. That is some really, really good stuff, and that is a great table setter. And I just love the placement of of uh, you know him starting the entire episode off with that, which brings me to the best moment of the episode and leads me right into nominee number one, which is Tyson and the other Survivor players leading the walk in and getting that first that first confessional. He literally leads the, when they open the door, he is on his own out in front of everyone, turns and looks at everyone, spreads his arm. And right behind him, the next group of people is pretty much all the Survivor players. And that just felt right to me. It does feel like coming into this, the Survivor players, maybe they're feeling themselves a little bit as like we're the most suited to do this. And as a fan i also kind of look at the survivor players are the most suited to do this and i'm kind of having the highest expectations for as a group so it just kind of felt right that they lead with them and that they lead with tyson who is arguably like you know all these people are big big stars as I found out during the preview podcast from Paige, you know, a few of them, like a Derek is like a big like CBS Golden Boy type uh, that they try to get in everything, try to do everything. You know, the Kylans of the world are out there trying their best to make as big a profile as possible. But even without maybe having the uh, the background to say this emphatically, it does feel like Tyson is the biggest name of anyone they got or has the biggest profile within his uh, show coming into this world, so leading with him feels really right. I like the entire entrance sequence. Second nominee for the best moment is then TJ's entrance. I'm really glad that they make him, like they make it a huge, huge deal. They slow play it. He's standing there with his shadow for a minute. They make him seem like the absolute boss, absolute legend that he is, and I really, really appreciate that, and that they took the time and the effort to make sure that we all know and that fans that are coming into the challenge world for the first time know, TJ's the fucking man, he runs this shit, it's his final, it's his game, he is the face, and they really did a good job of making sure that that was enunciated early on. Third nominee, I mentioned it before, with Leo telling Tiffany to look around when she's totally scared of heights and that interaction and Tiffany's confessional on top of it, loved that moment. Double damn, woo! Wow. Hey, but you know what, What? look where we at. Look yeah, where we Look I, where at. Look I, that way. Just look that way. Leo says, Tiffany, I need you to look around at where you are. I said, no. Ready? Go! Fourth nominee, James's politicking montage, the entire montage we get when they get to the arena shows that James is like, actually, I did a lot of discussion, and I don't think you've seen it yet. Here you go, and we get a full montage of him talking to a dozen different people, saving he and Shannon's butts from ending up in that elimination. Liked that little montage in the fifth and final one, and the one I am going to go with as the winner of the best moment of the episode is in the elimination, Azaz eyelashes falling off and for a moment staying just under her eyes instead of on top of her eyes and then you know blowing off in the wind I saw multiple people on social media you know reference uh Tamara the wig uh Devin Simone's wig from Free agents you know that this joint the eyelashes joined the wig in the challenge you know graveyard if you will I'm sure Devin now as one Devin and Devon taking over as host for the official challenge podcast for this season. I wonder, I'm sure they loved this moment as well. I wonder if she references her wig in talking about that. I'll have to tune in and listen and find out, but that moment was really great. And then her performance in general in the elimination and Kylan's performance was great. So that all lumped into one, the best moment of the episode. As for the MVP, we've talked about pretty much all these people. So this can be quick, Five uh, people have made the list, made the ballot. Shannon definitely gets some votes. Uh, even if I wasn't a massive fan of the storyline or her in this episode, I see the potential and I also recognize everyone else was loving it and that she was just Objectively, unequivocally, one of the stars of this episode. So she makes the ballot. TJ makes the ballot himself. He's a huge star here, as he needed to be and should be and was in the first episode, bringing all these new people into the world to challenge. Then you got James, everything he did. We talked about him before. Love it. He was one of the stars of the episode. He makes the ballot, as do Kylan and azah for their elimination performance. But the winner of the episode MVP, I've got to give the first episode MVP to Tyson. You know, He leads them on the way in. He leads off the whole show at the confessional and it becomes the quote of the week winner. Um, he wins the first daily challenge, handles it all really, really well. He and Angela both um, just all around seems like Tyson is going to pick up right where he would in a season of Survivor and being the a front runner, one of the main threats in the game, one of the stars of the season, knows how to make good television, knows how to play and win games like this. He is the episode one MVP without a doubt. Final thing to touch on before we go then is some predictions. We're gonna hold off on any power rankings yet. We will eventually probably add some power rankings in here, but I gotta get get to know these people a little bit better. My first impressions could be wildly inaccurate. Again, I could like the people I didn't like this week. I could love them next week and vice versa. So we will get around to some power rankings soon. But as for a couple predictions, we didn't make big preseason predictions because you know didn't really know who these people were, what game they were gonna play. It was all brand new. So so we'll start to add some predictions as we go here and the first one i'm going to go with after watching this first episode is i think that of the four shows we uh i referenced at some point early in this podcast that it seems you know they're all taking kind of the easy route from the start of hey uh strategically we don't know where alliances will fall but for the moment why don't just shows stick with other shows big brother with big brother survivor survivor love island the whole thing everyone stick together I think Big Brother, first prediction, Big Brother will be the first show to turn on each other. They will be the first one, and I think it will be soon, within the next episode or two even, that the Big Brother past uh, past actions come to play against people. The first time that someone, the first person to go to someone else, to go to an, uh, an Angela or Tyson or someone and say, you know, hey, uh, all the Big Brother people think, that we're kind of working together. I want to be the one to jump ship and like I'll work with all the Survivor folks or something of that nature. I think Big Brother's the first to turn on each other. That's prediction number one. Prediction number two, Tyson becomes the front runner, meaning Tyson becomes the one all the other guys look at as that's the number one threat. He picks up the mantle and becomes the like clear, he's the number one threat. We got to keep an eye out for him. I don't know yet if... Angela maybe has a little of that going so far, but I'm not, I don't feel as certain on the female side of things that of who's going to grab that position, if anyone. I feel pretty certain on the men's side, willing to make the prediction that Tyson will take up that mantle and take up that reputation on the men's side of the equation. And then, third and final prediction I didn't make finalist picks going into the season, but I'm going to go ahead and do it now, even with only one episode of evidence. I don't know how many of these 28 are going to make it to the final. I'm going to go with 10. It's a nice round number. It's a somewhat consistent number of recent finals across different challenge platforms. So here are the 10 people that I am going to predict will make the final. As always, no spoilers here. Stay far away from all of these spoilers that are out there in the world. Please keep them away from me as best as possible. But I'm going to go with, on the men's side, I'm going Tyson Danny, Xavier, Kylan, and Derek. On the female side, I'm going Desi, Shan, Angela, Sarah, and Caché. My reasons for any of them, they all seem like good enough players to make it. And other than that, I don't really have much reasoning because who the hell knows where this season is going to go. I think with the randomness of the partners and with the fact that once someone breaks the, okay, the shows are sticking together, bonds, that it's gonna be a complete and utter free-for-all, and there's the only... The only ties anyone has to each other are going to be in a negative form. I don't see many. You know, we already lost the one, you know, best friend pairing that we had in the house. Someone already went home. So, who knows where this is going to go? But I'm just, you know, I got to put my name out there. I got to I gotta put a prediction out, even if I end up going 0 for 10 or 10 for 10, however it may be. But Tyson, Danny, Xavier, Kylan, Derek, Desi, Shan, Angela, Sarah, Cachet. Those are my 10 picks to make the final. Those are my thoughts on the first episode. I'm expecting great things from this season. I was super nervous going in. You know, started long ago. Initial reaction was, oh, I don't like this at all. Got hyped for it as I expected I would by the time it came around. Loved the first episode. Like and where the season could be headed. The next season, this season on montage, it looks like the game, you know, hope for, for those out there who love the show versus the sport, this seems like a season that's going to lean a little more towards the sport side of things, which is the side I admittedly like a little bit more. I like a proper mixture, but uh, it seems like it's going to be kind of sport heavy. It's going to be very physical, very demanding on the athletics side of things. So A lot to look forward to. And as we said at the beginning of this podcast, we will be back every week, Thursday morning, to discuss the episode that airs every Wednesday night for the entirety of the season. So hit that follow, hit that subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a single one of these episodes. I will see if I can get some guests to pop in here or there and keep us more experts in the field of knowing who these people are can continue to help fill us in as the season goes on next week on the podcast. All-Stars 3 season recap, full season recap and awards coming on Monday night. Fresh Meat Rewatch and Recap Full Season Rewatch Series Podcast coming on Friday. So a lot's going on. As always, follow on Instagram at ChallengeHistorian for more challenge content. And if you want to get in touch with me, you got commentary on this pod. You've got opinions you want to get off your chest. You just want to talk some challenge, say hello. Whatever the case may be, get in touch over on Instagram at Challenge Historian. I check all those DMs. Uh, sometimes not super fast at doing it, might not get a response immediately that hour, even that day, but you will get a response as long as always as the, re- the message is something beyond just, hey, you suck. So please, none of those. Those will get deleted very quickly. Anyways, thanks for being here. Love you all so much. I will talk to you again. Have a great weekend. Peace.